0: Hello, and welcome to the Estep Sports Talk podcast. I'm John Thomas Step with my co-host Cody Estep. Tonight, we'll be talking about our 2021-2022 ACC predictions, part of our new series on Power 5 and Group of 5 projections for next year. Uh, with that being said, we're going to get right, in, right into it. So... Uh, Cody, uh, why don't you start us off with what your thoughts are on the Atlantic Division and the ACC this year?
1: Uh, I think the clear-cut favorite on everybody's board would be Clemson to win the Atlantic Division again. They were undefeated last year up into the playoff. Well, besides Notre Dame's loss, but they've got a new quarterback. We've seen him in action for a couple weeks with Trevor Lawrence getting covid and he looks good. They've got a tough start to the season with Georgia, which could be a little nerve-wracking for a not first-time starter, but the first time he knows it's all on him. They're losing a couple assets on the defensive side, so it'll be kind of interesting. But they have the addition of Justin Ross coming back from his back injury. We'll see if he can come back to the form that he was two seasons ago. And so my projection – is once again 12-0 or 11-1 and with a close loss to Georgia to open up the year. But I think the ACC is still going to be theirs for the taking. I don't think anybody will slip them up. Right. And, I
0: mean, I think they'll uh, – we'll get to it later, but I think they'll win the, you know, the ACC championship game. They'll obviously be playing in it. Um, some of the teams in the ACC are really on the come up, but uh, I don't think they're quite to the – Level of Clemson yet um, Number two we got NC State Going eight and four um, They've got a cup, An SEC game And non-conference play um, In Mississippi State With Mike Leach At the helm um, Also Mississippi State's In a little bit of a rebuild but Still they're an SEC school And that's big for an ACC School to beat them um, that brings us to number three, you know, Virginia tech They're we projected him to go eight and four and, you know, they've got some tough out of conference games with, you know, West Virginia and Notre Dame. And then also with the whole Justin Fuente on the hot seat. So I think an eight and four might be able to save his job, but it would be nice if they could maybe, you know, win two games that we haven't projecting to lose and maybe go 10-2. and Who else you got on the list?
1: Uh, Number four in the Atlantic, I got Pitt. Uh, Pitt's kind of one of those teams that's up and down. They've got, once again, another SEC team, and they're out of conference with Tennessee. But we all know that Tennessee's in just as much of a rebuilding as anybody else uh, with the loss of, a good amount of their starters this season, the transfer portal or uh, just graduating. So I don't really know what Tennessee is going to have on the field next year. So if they can win that, I think it's, I mean, I think they're going to go six and six. Their other out-of-conference is really weak. So it's kind of should be guaranteed wins. So I think if they can come out with just one loss in the out-of-conference, I think they're set for a, a mediocre season
0: right and that you know take us into virginia virginia plays illinois notre dame and byu out of conference and in illinois new coach you know obviously we talked about that in our first episode with brent Bielema. but and then byu loses a lot of players but they're still going to be you know a national threat which that really um People say last year might have been a fluke, and it might have been to a point, but I think BYU will start winning some games every year, and it's kind of a weird coincidence because their previous coach, Bronco Mendenhall, is the coach at Virginia. So that will be, you know, an interesting interesting matchup. We have him going 5-7, and missing out on a bowl game, and his seat's going to get a little warmer. I mean, it's hard to win in Virginia, but, I mean – You just got to – you got to start recruiting. Everything goes around recruiting, and Virginia has struggled to bring in big recruits, and they've done a lot with a little amount. So, um, it brings us to our next team, which is Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, you know, they got Georgia and Notre Dame. uh, Pretty big games. I mean, obviously, getting the – Restore that rivalry with Georgia next year will be good for them. Uh, They obviously sometimes can beat them, sometimes can't. Um, It's just always a pretty good game, and sometimes Georgia just kicks their teeth in. They're in the middle of a rebuild coming off, you know, having a triple option team, you know, less than 36 months ago and going in to a different spread offense, needing a quarterback. I mean, developing somebody, trying to find somebody in the transfer portal. So, um, and then, so we got Duke there at the end, you know, going three and nine, easy out of conference, but not winning one in conference. Uh, I think David Cutcliffe is coming to the end. Um, I just think, you know, he will he won't get fired at Duke. He's too well respected. I think he will retire, you know, here in the next couple of years. Um, so, Cody, what are I mean? What's your end-all thoughts on the on that side of the division?
1: Uh, on that side of the division, I think there's me personally I think there's only two players in this. I'm not going to say that NC State has a ch- like has a chance of winning out or whatever, but I think. If Clemson overlooks them, they are a team that could shock the world and uh, give them a close game and maybe even beat them. I mean, we know Clemson had a close game with B.C. this past season, so it's definitely possible, especially when you start off your season with Georgia, with Clemson, and then they think the rest of the road is pretty easy except for maybe North Carolina. But I think NC State or maybe even Virginia Tech can give them a run Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I really think that this side is a lot less congested than the other side. Uh, I think you would agree with that, that um, in the other side, you know, with North Carolina, Miami, Boston College, there's a lot of teams that could make some moves. Um, And in this side, there's just not. I just think Clemson's, could win it with nine and three, but there's no way they go nine and three. They have the talent to go 12 and oh. And I think at worst, like you said, they'll go 11 and one. Um, so let's take a look at the <clears throat> other side of the ACC. Um, who you got winning the coastal division?
1: Uh, I had it as a top up toss up between North Carolina and Miami, but I went with North Carolina. I think. They've got a chance to go ten and two this season. They play Notre Dame late in the season, which would be a tough game for them. But Mac Brown's really turned this program around, and they've got a lot of young talent. And I really think that them in the Miami game will be the decider in this side of the division.
0: Well, right, and <clears throat> that brings us to you know Miami starting the season with Alabama. I mean, you're starting off you would think you're starting off 0 and 1. I mean obviously you can't look at it that way. But Miami's going into the year needing to win. They need to start winning. These 8 4 9 and 3 they're just they're good but they're obviously not going to take them to the next level. So I mean I really think that they need a strong 10 and 2, maybe even 11 and 1 season to really take Manny Diaz to that next level before they start looking for another, you know, obviously a replacement, because he obviously brings you in a really good area of, you know, bringing in recruits and getting people fired up. And that's part of it, but you got to win football games, you know? I mean, that's obviously what it boils down to. And then a team that started winning this year and doing some good stuff is Boston College. I mean, seven and five is a really good I mean, I think seven and five is a pretty good look at their team. I think they could go eight and four, maybe even nine and three. I think Boston College is, you know, gonna be here for the long haul. I think made a great hire last year. Um Ohio State assistants have made a lot of places look really, really good. Um so I really I really think Boston College is you know, on the rise, so, and then, who you got after that?
1: At 11, I got Louisville, and uh, I've got them going 7-5, and they play uh, UCF and Ole Miss, and out of conference, and I really think if you go into UCF and Ole Miss, and say you pull out both both of those with a win, it can define your season, I'm not saying finish first in your division, but I think they can uh, really make a, a dent in the two or three if you can get that confidence boost of beating a team even though UCF is a smaller school they've got that reputation and then Ole Miss they're an SEC school it still means something even though they're not the best of the SEC it can still be a confidence boost for them
0: no right and I mean like we were talking about I mean UCF Hiring Gus on. I mean, they hired a guy who's beaten big teams and won big games, and that I don't think that'll stop now with UCF. I mean, Louisville, Louisville's not bad. I mean, Scott Satterfield has made – I mean, he made a big splash his first year coming in, turned them around, winning a lot of games, and then last year they just turned around and aren't very good. So, you just got to look at it from top to bottom – Um, so, and then next you go to Wake Forest. I mean, Dave Clawson wins at Wake Forest. I mean, it's one of the toughest jobs. It's up there with Vanderbilt, places like that. You're not going to be able to recruit. Great. Tough school to get into academically. Great across the board. And he's proven he can win. I mean, I think I've got him going six and six, you know, tough games at Army, at Clemson, at North Carolina. So, you know, The guys we picked to play in the championship game, plus a sneaky Army team, you know, triple option hurts everybody. Um, And then who you got? You got kind of a little bit of a surprise down there in the bottom of the Coastal.
1: Yeah, I've got Florida State uh, second to last in the division, going four and eight. I just – I've not seen anything to make me believe that Florida State's going to come back, at least not now. I mean – I like it when there's powerhouses in the division that are doing good like they used to be, but Florida State right now is just not turning the corner. They've got weak offensive linemen. They've they've got a lot of issues with their program right now and their schedule doesn't make it any easier with Florida and Notre Dame as they're out of conference, like you get one easy game and you go in through a gauntlet and have in North Carolina, Miami, Boston College, everybody that we just talked about. Like, it's hard to find a place where you can say that's an easy win for them. Right. I mean,
0: you're talking about them grinding out four wins. I mean, in your
1: prediction, which,
0: which is really true. I mean, they're kind of in a similar state to Tennessee. Their football program, they used to be a, I mean, arguably a blue blood. In college football, I mean, they have been in the past five years with you know Jameis Winston, and they you know won some games, and then when Jimbo decided to leave, it just decided to go to crap. <clears throat> and then you know we look at Syracuse, the bottom of the coastal. Syracuse used to be you know six and six, seven and five was a good year, and then Dino Babers was like. We're going to try and be better than that, and they haven't been able to be better than that here lately. You know, three and nine prediction. I think they lose to Liberty, you know, again. I mean, Liberty beat them last year. Um, winning the other out-of-conferences games are – I mean, you have to because, I mean, you're not going to win a division game playing the way that they played last year. Um, And that brings us to our championship game, which, you know, would be between Clemson and North Carolina. I mean, who do you really – who are you thinking, Clemson or North Carolina, um, and what do they have to do to win
1: that game and get there? Uh, I think at the end of the day, I think both of us would say Clemson's probably going to take the championship. But I think, for one, I think – Justin Ross needs to be healthy. I need to see it. I mean, he had a back surgery. Like, that's something really tough to come back from. Clemson loses their running back, their quarterback, you know. You've got a lot of weapons missing. I know they've got great recruiting classes, and I know they've got guys sitting and waiting. But I'm just going to have to see how they play. And then for North Carolina, you've got a great run game. you got to slow the game down. When you're playing a team like Clemson who can score – in a heartbeat, you've got to just slow the game down. Just look at Ohio State, how they ran the ball so much on them. It just took the breath out of them. I think that's the only way you can beat a team like that that's so powerful on both sides. And I know North Carolina has the weapons. They've got a young quarterback. Right. I mean, (laughs) Sam Howell will be in the
0: discussion for Heisman. They both will, both quarterbacks, Uh, DJ from Clemson and you know, Howell from North Carolina. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, the ACC has been ran by Clemson. I mean, who do you think can dethrone Clemson is the big question. Do you think it's North Carolina or do you think it might be a Miami or a Boston College?
1: I think the best bet's North Carolina because you've got experienced players and you've also got a coach that's coached in the big games. Mike Brown's really proven that he can beat teams that, I mean, honestly, not even given a chance to beat. Like, you think back, Texas USC, his first national championship. Everybody thought that USC was the greatest team to ever play college football, and they might be. But he found a way to win, and he's just got that experience under him. And I think he could be the guy that helps somebody get past Clemson.
0: All right. And I mean, the big key with Mac Brown is how long is he willing to coach, you right. know,
1: being an older guy.
0: I mean, and it's also the question of there's been rumors that if Dabo Sweeney uh, was offered the Alabama job, he'd go back. I mean, there's a lot of factors. You know, he's got Brent Venables and Tony Elliott on his staff who theoretically could have any job in the country that came open. Um. I don't I mean this year is not the year for somebody to take them down. I think, like you said, you got to see how this new offense kind of pans out, how the defense gets better. They were a little bit younger across the board this year, lost a couple guys, but still younger across the board than they usually are. How can they improve based off of, you know, we watched them against Ohio State and they just got burnt. Every time the ball, Mm. they got deep throw after deep throw after deep throw. Justin Fields picked them apart. And Justin Fields is a good quarterback. But you got to think, you know, Sam Howell might be as good as Justin Fields. I mean, he is a very good quarterback, makes good decisions, you know, has all the talent. So, I mean, if they give opportunities to a guy like Sam Howell, you know, and like De'Eric King at Miami, to give them chances to keep winning and winning, then they're going to eventually catch up and take them over. So it's all about development. And, you know, Dabo's been really good about it. He's had a lot of a lot of really good players. Um, and what's your kind of your if you had to pick somebody outside of the top two in each division who might have a chance to get into that championship game, who would you
1: pick? Uh, For the Atlantic, I would say Virginia Tech. I think out of not the top two, I think they're the most experienced. They're the most – well, they've got not an easy schedule, but it's a schedule that prepares them for a game that they would have to have against a team like Clemson or anything. So the Atlantic division, I think Virginia takes your best bet. And then for the next division, I – would go with Boston College over Louisville. I think their schedule is a little bit easier. I think they can handle it. They showed me a lot last year, and I think that will carry over.
0: Well, right, and like like you said, Boston College, They,
1: I think Ole Miss is better than Missouri.
0: Um, I think you would agree that yeah. Ole Miss is a little bit better than Missouri. Definitely has a better offense. Definitely puts up a lot more points with Lane Kiffin at the helm. Um, you know UCF, like we said, made a really good hire. Uh, I think Louisville will struggle a little bit keeping UCF contained. Um, if I had to pick, I would agree with you on Virginia Tech,
1: and I'm gonna
0: kind of go out on a limb and say Wake Forest for the um for the Coastal Division. Uh, Wake Forest. Always seems to be six and two every year. You know, they always get to that five and one, six and one, six and two route. And they get railed by Clemson, you know, just killed, ran over, steamrolled. And then they never get talked about again. And they go eight and four. And, you know, nobody ever talks about them. So um, I'm going to go with Wake Forest. I do think that it's obviously going to be down between North Carolina and Miami and that the Atlantic division's not even close. I think Clemson's head over, you know, a head or two taller than the rest of the division. Um, Who is your um, pick for the hot seat? Um, Who do you think out of all the coaches in the ACC has the biggest chance of getting fired next year?
1: Uh, I think uh, Virginia Tech, I think they've got the talent. They don't have the talent, I don't think, as we said, to win the division. But I think if they're anything worse than third in the division, then I think it should be time to look in another direction because Virginia Tech, I mean, they're not a bad program. If they go and say they lose to West Virginia – lose to Notre Dame, and then lose, like, Virginia and Georgia Tech, like, I don't think you can keep him after a season like that because there's certain games in there that you should win. And now the West Virginia Notre Dame, I mean, Notre Dame, I don't think – I think Notre Dame can take that easily. But, like, a team like West Virginia, who's around the middle of the conference, I think if you get blown out by a team like that, that's a bad look for you and your program,
0: yeah, right. I mean, fiente has been on the hot seat. Um, I really think that he's gotta he's gotta make a big move. I mean, he's gotta get to that, like we said, ten and two to really keep his job safe, safe. Um, I think Virginia Tech might be looking in a different direction after this year also, but my mind's Dino Bavers from Syracuse. I mean, the guy's got one of the toughest jobs. I mean, it's really, like we said, it's in a comparison with the Dukes and Wake Forest and Vanderbilts and all these places that are super hard to recruit. You know, nobody wants to go play college football in a dome in New York. Um, <laughs> that's not really, you know, what sounds like the greatest experience on earth. Um so, I I would say, Dino Babers, I love the guy. I mean, great coach, great football mind. You know, bad players only take you so far. You know, good coaching is part of it. And this is kind of what I'm afraid of with a team like Iowa State. You know, we were talking about it. You know, bad recruiting for years after year after year will send you in a downward spiral regardless of how good your coaching is. So, I think once you lose those guys that you have entrusted your offense or your defense in, and they leave, and you can't replace them, you replace them with somebody whose talent is half as much as the person that you left, then you're obviously, you know, going to lose two or three left, two or three more games a year. Well, is there anything you'd like to add on the
1: on the ACC? I'd like to ask you. Out of the ACC, who do you think would be your top three Heisman candidates coming out of this conference?
0: So, top three, I'm going to go
1: Sam Howell
0: at one out of North Carolina. I'm going to go with DJ from Clemson as two, and I'm going to go De'Ara King at three. Uh, as long as he's healthy, I think De'Ara King – could have the chance. I mean, the rushing, he obviously is the dual threat guy. I mean, he could put up Lamar Jackson-type numbers, you know, given the opportunity. So, uh, now, what
1: are yours? Uh, I'm going to go with DJ at one, Sam Howell at two, and then I'm going to throw in a wild card just because of who won the Heisman this season. I think if Justin Ross can come back healthy, I think – I mean, he was a dog back when he played with T and guys like that. I know if he can get all the reps, all the catches, and he's back to full form, I think he could be a Devonte Smith kind of guy. I mean, when you go into the lower games in the ACC conference, he can have he can have three, four touchdown games against these guys if they let him. So I think he could make a splash.
0: Well, oh, right. I, I definitely agree with that. I definitely think that they could be like Alabama maybe um, and have two guys, you know, two guys in the as a finalist. I think that would definitely be – definitely could be a possibility. I mean, I think, I think the big thing's going to be uh, holding on to the ball for DJ. That just seems to be a younger guy's type of mistake. Always, you know, throwing a couple more interceptions than you should have thrown. Um but I think he's you know prime for success, got a good offensive line, good defense, good coaching staff. I think they'll set him up for success. Well, uh you got any more any more questions you would like to ask or talking points? I'm good. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh this, you know, good discussion on ACC football and we'll be back you know next Saturday with another episode so thank you guys for listening